You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Dave, I'm going to try something new today, my sweaty balls intro. <laughs> Welcome to the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave, and we're the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? <laughs> oh, yeah. You got that right. Okay, let's take our sweaty balls into the trend zone. <laughs> and in today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple surprising player cuts. A QB1 where, here's a hint, you got that right, baby. Oh, yeah. A little survivor. Our fantasy go back starts of the week. And every game from the upcoming week five of the NFL season. Dave, is it already week five? Damn, dude. It's slipping away. Oh, my God, we're getting through. We're a quarter away. Oh, I'm freaking out, Dave. Oh, Give the people a tasty nug before we take our trip, bro. Yeah, I love this tasty nug right here, Case. It is 15 games this season with a game-winning score in the final minute of regulation or in overtime. That's the most through four weeks in a season since at least 1970, Casey. I guess the, the stats get sketchy before that. Yeah, dude, and 12 of those games have been won on the last play of the game. 12 walk-offs. That's wow. why we love the NFL, Dave, and it's home sweet home, right, bro? Wrong, sir. NFL road teams this year, 33 and 31. Home field advantage? Not so fast. The people <laughs> being back in the stands is a jinx, Dave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's throwing them off, man. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's get into some of the top trending stories in the NFL. A couple of wow moments today on a couple of cuts around the league. Yeah, man. I started off with Stefan Gilmore uh, for the Patriots. He's been banged up and um, not been playing, but he's also been demanding a new contract before he was going to play. Uh, they weren't going to give it to him. That's New England's way of doing business. And they moved him to Carolina for a 2023 sixth rounder where it looks like he will hopefully get his contract. But they said no, no immediate contract, just a new uh, uniform. Yeah, dude, all kinds of DBs there in Carolina now. Yeah, the Patriots going to snip him. Oh, wait, we'll get a pick. That's yeah. the Patriot way, Dave. Get yep. something for nothing. <laughs> and then right. a little bit of shocker here. My guy Jalen Smith was released by the Cowboys. There was talk in the offseason about it because he had been underperforming. But this year, I thought he had played pretty well. This is going to be uh, uh, a way to save some cap money next year. He signed a five-year deal for $64 million, well, extension in 2019, Dave. And, uh, you know, how quick the tides turn there. They yep. still are on the hook for 7.2 this year and 6.8 next year. They would have been on the, the hook for, I think, 9.8 or something like that next year. So they decided to go ahead and cut him before he got hurt. And it looks like um, he won't be unemployed too long. The Packers are working out a deal for Jalen right now. This is one of the best dudes off the field, too. Just yeah. the way he came back from that devastating injury and contributed and um, never made that. He did make a Pro Bowl, but he never got to the level that he would have before that injury. But this is a great yeah. all-around dude. Yeah, it's a. It's really a shame that that injury uh, in in that final game in in his college career did impact his his pro career significantly. Our case. Uh, moving along, it is uh, Chicago announcing that Justin Fields will start not only this weekend against the Raiders, but he'll be starting for the remainder of the season. Uh, has not played particularly well, hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet, but apparently that's good enough uh, to give him the green light over Andy Dalton. Uh, Casey, bad news, though, for the Bears. Uh, Montgomery got knocked out of, of the last game. It was a, a hyperextended knee. And uh, he looks like that. That looks like it's pretty painful. He's going to be out. They'll have to rely on uh, uh, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, former Sumer. That's right. I knew you knew the dude there. And then Akeem Hicks, uh, uh, defensive tackle, also uh, hurting with a with a bad groin. We'll see uh, if Montgomery or Hicks can go. Probably not on Montgomery, though. Yeah. And then last week, Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of the Broncos game by those Ravens. Concussion yep. protocol. We haven't heard what's happening moving forward. Um, a lot of stuff would have to go right for him to get back in there. If not, Drew Locke will be under center next week. Pop and lock, Dave. You love those dance moves. <laughs> we dancing his way <laughs> into the end zone. All right. And um, into the hearts of millions. <laughs> He's already in my, in my heart in a special place, Casey. Uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo didn't return after suffering a groin injury. Last week, Trey Lance took over. 
um, in the second half for him there. And uh, it's not clear yet right now whether or not Jimmy G will be good to go. Uh, it looks like he's trending that direction, uh, but too soon to say. And what about my guy K-9, another former Sooner on our Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, that's right. He uh, was... Uh, put on IR with a with a bad knee uh, right before the 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 Monday night game against the Raiders for the Chargers last week. So he's already uh, one week into his uh, three weeks. They they say basically this was just going to be three weeks basically. So they're looking to get him back um, sooner rather than later. And you were in the house for that Monday night uh, beatdown of the Raiders by our Los Angeles Chargers. What are your thoughts on the SoFi Stadium? Oh, man, it is an absolute work of art uh, to be inside SoFi. The lightning was striking outside the building, gave us a little weather delay, which is a little strange but because it seems like it's covered, but it's actually an open-air stadium uh, with a separate roof. So I guess there's some lightning uh, danger there, Casey, but there was certainly lightning strikes in the first half for the Chargers uh, as they got on, out to that fantastic start in the first half and were able to hold back uh, a resilient Raider team in the second half. Exciting. Good stuff. And that catapults our Chargers into first place in the AFC West. Does that sound nice? Yeah. I mean, it's like the AFC West is flipped with the Chiefs on the bottom and the Chargers on top. And no one would have called this uh, before the season started. (laughs) Definitely not. All right, Dave, let's move it on to our Survivor Three Strikes pool. Um, Who'd you pick and how'd you do? I was uh, fine, Casey. I went with uh, the most popular pick. It was Buffalo over Houston, and they got it done in a big way. I went with Cincy over the Jags, and I was sweating that thing at 14 nothing Jags at halftime. But Joe Burrow led the comeback in the second half, and we live for another week. Oh, yeah. Nice. Last week, the people who picked New Orleans over the Giants, they were the most popular incorrect pick last week, Casey, but heading into next week, it's Dallas over the New York Giants. Wow. How's that make you feel, Casey? The number one squirmy, dude. I hate that. And like all the Cowboys, Super Bowl contenders, this and that. There's so much focused on it this week. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Hopefully we can go out there and handle business. We'll get to that game in just a little bit here, Dave. But what the people are in the house for. What they're putting in their earbuds is for the fantasy go-back starts of the week. How did you do, bro? Well, I could have increased my score a little bit by replacing Keenan Allen with Henry Ruggs. That would have given me 2.4 more. But I still got the win, and I got high score. But believe it or not, high score just by one point to come in first place for the for the whole league. So Dang. I hate coming in second like my brother did, uh, you know, get, losing the game. And having the second highest score of the week. Just bad luck. Brutal. How are you going to do bold action like that, bro? (laughs) And I dropped him to (laughs) 0-4. Oops. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I had been running like a 10 or 11 game win streak counting my my championship run last season. Started off 3-0, but I got an ass kicking from those Burroughs locos this week, Dave. And there was really nothing I could have done about it. My guy, Tom Brady, laid an egg. In his return to New England, got me 11 points. And uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. So I was done. And Kelsey, dude, a 2.3 last week. So it's weird. They score 42 points and Kelsey gets 23 yards against them Eagles. I'm looking for him to bounce back uh, this week, hopefully. I need to get back into the win column. (laughs) All right, Dave, it's time, baby. Week five, we give you a preview of every single game. And Dave, through four weeks, 17 of the 64 NFL games have been decided by three points or less. It's tied for the fourth most in league history. These games, man, they're coming down to the wire. Just a couple mistakes are the difference between a win or a loss. And I know we got an uber tasty game on Thursday Night Football, bro. Damn, you got that right, Casey. This NFC West, which arguably is the best division in football, it's our Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Rams on the road are favored by two and a half. Yeah, Rams coming off that loss at home, dude. Of all the undefeated teams at SoFi, the Cardinals are the only ones that have made it out of there undefeated. Um, But they did get a beat down by the Cardinals last week. They could not contain uh, Kyler Murray. 
and that might give these Seahawks and Russell Wilson a little blueprint there. But this offense, dude, is really firing. Daryl Henderson coming back from the injury. He's getting his pace going again. But how about Cooper Cup, dude? This guy is leading the league in receiving, and his route running is just so precise. It's really hard to cover this guy. And now you add the Deshaun Jackson over the top factor. Robert Woods slowly getting back into the mix. But this offense is really humming. And that defense, they're licking their wounds after last week. They want to make someone pay, including Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. So they're going to have their hands full um, with these Seahawks. They've owned them pretty well lately. But this is a desperate Seahawks squad. And it's in front of the 12s. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the Seahawks were sitting at one and two before getting it right last week, uh, getting the W over the 49ers there. Um, but yeah, that was a that was sort of a desperation moment, knowing that this game was kind of just fast up on them on this mm-hmm. Thursday, on this short week. Um, and obviously, Russell Wilson was cooking last week with three touchdown passes, zero picks. Um, and, you know, the thing and he had, Matt Calf, of course, uh, contributing Carson running the ball pretty well. Problem with the Seahawks defense is not that part it of sucks. the football team. No, it's the defense. They're they're giving up uh whether more almost most yards in the NFL, I think. Um so that it's hard to believe, but uh Pete Carroll's fielding a defense that right now is absolutely a sieve and facing a Rams offense that's got a plethora of weapons. This is gonna be uh probably a shootout because Russ is going to try and do everything he can to keep the Seahawks viable in this one. And it's, it should be good, man, especially that Rams team coming off the game they played last week. I mean, wow. Holy moly. It's going to be good. All right, Dave. And then we go ahead and Sunday's action. We're going to stop by the Hawaiian then the Australian nationals. Then we're going to wing on over to London and jam <laughs> with the stones. And you're invited too. But before we get there, we're getting up at 6:30 AM for Ooh. the New York jets at the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons are favored in this game by three and a half. Yeah. And the jets were of course the worst team in the league, but whoa, lo and behold, last week they put it together and got their first W and it was a overtime win against a legitimate team, the Tennessee Titans. So uh, props to them. They, you know, they did just what they needed to do. It was Zach Wilson's best, uh, best career game. Without a doubt, uh, just three yards shy of uh, 300 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. But his highest quarterback rating in 97.3, uh, the rookie Michael Carter also uh, scoring a touchdown last week. They're starting to come together. They said, hey, once you start to see this guy uh, get comfortable and start clicking, you'll see why he was the second overall pick. He shows that. It just You see it in, in stretches. Um, will he be able to put a long enough stretch together uh, this weekend? This is going to be an interesting football game. Yeah, and these Falcons, man, uh, they're picking up right where they left off last year, getting a big win and then watching it turn into a big loss. They had those (laughs) uh, football teams on the ropes and were not able to finish it, dude. And Mm. I guess Arthur Smith is a genius offensive mind or whatever. I've yet to see it. And 19 and a half points per game doesn't lead me to think that it's going in the right direction. It'd be a bummer to watch Matty Isis last couple years go down in something like this. Yeah. Um, Mike Davis has not been the running back that they thought they would have coming over from Carolina, but Cordero Patterson, dude, they finally found a home for this guy. <laughs> He's playing running back and he had three touchdowns last week and the top end speed is still there. So it'll be interesting to see the timeshare with those guys moving forward. Um, I think they're missing Julio a little bit. Calvin Ridley's not gotten up to the pace that, they expect out of him and Kyle Pitts, the Hall of Famer, the best tight end to ever play the game. He's starting to wake up a little bit, but this is definitely a work in process, uh, progress for these Falcons. Defense isn't that great either, so you know they're going to have their hands full. Man, this is a this is a coin flip for me. Yeah, I think it's a coin flip for everyone, Casey. All right, <laughs> let's move into the regular morning time slot or uh, the earlier time slot. Uh, for for the NFL here, Casey, with the Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers at home favored by three and a half in this one. Yeah, and the Eagles have dropped three straight, and they've not looked good in the last couple of them. And uh, they got blowed out by the Chiefs last week. Got some points late to kind of get it closer. But, uh, you know, that offense, there's no running game there. Miles Sanders mm-hmm. has been a huge disappointment. Kenneth Gainwell has been pretty good. Um when he's gotten opportunities. So we'll see how those snaps are divided between them. 
where they've been pretty good is with the tight ends. They got Zachers back from the COVID list, and Dallas Goddard's has some really nice games too. And Devonta Smith, he's leading the team in reception so far. So it looks like they've made good on that uh, early draft pick. But yeah. they just got to get this together. And so many injuries on the offensive line and on defense. It's going to take a while for these Eagles, but um, they got to find a way, man, for a gut check to go in there and beat these Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and this Panther squad, dude, um, obviously they were three and one. They were flying high. They took a loss to your Cowboys last week. Um, but, you know, Sam played a good game, a, another 300 yard game. He's been running the ball. Uh, when he needs to, and when he gets down to the red zone, it's, he's, he turns into Cam Newton, Superman style, as he's got five rushing touchdowns in his team's uh, first four games. Uh, that's the first a guy in NFL history to pull off that stunt. So, uh, but he's throwing the ball, obviously, very unjet-like. So he's getting that stink off of him from from Jets, and people thought he was, you know, a piece of crap. But it turns out he's actually he was a just dude. a jet. <laughs> he was just a jet at that time. Now he's a Panther and it's a lot better. Uh, he's playing really strong football and even Christian McCaffrey not being on the field. Um, that hasn't slowed him die. Chuba Hubbard has run well uh, for this offense, but, but it's, it's really Sam Donald's connection with DJ Moore, who's turned out to be a phenomenal weapon for them mm-hmm. last week, 113 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, thankfully for me in my fantasy land, uh, he actually started throwing the football uh, to Robbie Anderson, five catches last week. That was a season high, but hey, I'll take it, right? Spread the ball yeah. around, but DJ Moore has been a, a hell of a weapon for these guys. Not sure when they're going to get Christian McCaffrey back, um, but obviously the sooner the better. But this Carolina Panther team looks to be legit at this point, sitting at three and one in the season. Yeah, we'll see how they respond coming off that beat down to the Cowboys, uh, see yep. if they can bounce back off of that. All right, Dave, a couple three-and-one teams. we got the Green Bay Packers at the Cincinnati Bengals and the Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, and after the Packers dropped that first game and looked like poop, um, we, we never heard R-E-L-A-X just, uh, you know, specifically, but I think the vibe was there for Aaron Rodgers. It's just one game. That's all. Aaron Rodgers was quite confident that he was going to find his rhythm. Obviously, when you've got a guy like Devontae Adams on the squad, it's always, uh, you know, you've always got a weapon that the other team just can't really deal with no matter how hard they try. Aaron Jones has played phenomenally well for them uh, this season. Uh, 99 scrimmage yards uh, in week four. So, um, you know, look for them to continue to to hit um, uh, Jones and Devontae Adams. Uh, Randall Cobb, uh, actually, a nice game last week, too, uh, with two touchdowns there. And A.J. Dillon, 97 yards rushing last week. So they're really kind of getting different pieces of the puzzle involved. When they were kind of uh, in a good position last week, Dillon got a lot of those carries, just sort of hammer that defense and punish them with the bigger, stronger back. Uh, so I like the formula there. Yeah, and these Bengals, dude, I talked about it earlier. That second half might have been the best football I've seen these guys play in 10, 15 years. Who knows? Yeah. Joey B really putting it together. He's got at least two TDs in every game so far this season. Um, Really being impressed by his play. Him and Jamar Chase really got it going on. Joe Mixon was running strong last week. Got hurt. He's got the gimpy ankle. Um, if he can't go, Samaj P. Ryan got an all Sooners backfield there. He could be <laughs> good in uh, spot duty there. And uh, Tyler Boyd had a real big game against the Jags. But CJ Uzoma, dude, everybody's scrambling to the waiver wire to pick this yeah. guy up. He had a couple of touchdowns. And I just like the way that the Bengals responded. Like I said, down 14, nothing a half, found a way to win that game. That's a game they would have lost in the past. Oh, so, no question. Um, you know, I'm leaning toward the pack in this thing, but man, this could be a statement win for these Bengals. It would be a huge win if the Bengals can pull it off. All right. Up next is the New England Patriots at the Houston Texans and the Patriots on the road favored by nine and a half. No surprise. Yeah, dude. The only concern I have for these Patriots is a huge emotional letdown after the big uh, Tom Brady bowl last week. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, 99 out of 100 games, these guys are going to be coached better than the other team. So I don't know if that's going to happen on Bill's watch or not. But you got to be impressed with Mac Jones. He went, you know, throw for throw with Brady last week, drove his team down with under a couple minutes to go to yeah. set up that game winning field goal came up just a little bit short, the 56 yarder. Um, but I love what I've seen out of Mac Jones 
early on. They still have to get some big plays down the field and get some of these receivers going. Finally got Johnu Smith a touchdown, and he worked a Hunter Henry a lot there too. The running back is, you know, no, not a lot of – I don't – did Damian Harris even play last week? It was such a small part yeah. of what those uh, Patriots did against the Bucks. although that Bucks defense is so strong. Why are you going to try running? But he they did really pop got a touchdown that. in, but other than yeah. that, not a, not a huge contribution. Got to get that running game going. I want to see some Ramondre Stevenson. I'm going to start spamming um, the Patriots' Twitter feed. Say, give me some Stevenson there. But, you know, this team is working towards the, the future – I don't see a playoff uh, berth in their future, but, you know, they're going to be hovering right around there. They're tough to beat, so they're going to make you play um, it's good football to beat them. But, Dave, what I do know is there's a rookie quarterback going up against Bill Belichick, and that usually yeah, means bad things. That was just stole my thunder. That's literally the first thing I was going to say, Casey. You've got a rookie quarterback, and Belichick's records versus rookie quarterbacks, it's not only good, he basically embarrasses them, and, mm-hmm. and he, he just – cuts him down to size and this guy's davis mills you know he's got a lot of potential he's uh, he's very uh inexperienced he had a short career at stanford there i think just 11 games um lots of raw talent there but completing just over 50 percent of his passes in the nfl that's mm-hmm. not going to really get it done um he just had 87 passing yards last week so uh it is a work in progress to say the least uh brandon cooks manages manages to still make plays for this team but i mean they got absolutely smoked last week 40 to nothing um by the bills and it's obviously like you said with bill belichuk on the other side and a rookie quarterback at the helm uh good luck good luck this time texans <laughs> All right, up next, we have an AFC South battle, Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, and this was uh, a Titans team coming off that over the shocking overtime loss to the Jets last week. Um, and, you know, when you look at the numbers of that game, you got Derrick Henry, 157 yards in a rush TD last week. You would have said, I mean, when you look at the stats, there's no way the Jets won. Right? Yeah. Somehow they pulled it off. Uh, this Titans team last year, as good as they were, a playoff squad, uh, a fun team to watch. The defense is questionable at best for this squad, and it allows other teams to usually get a lead on them and 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 or to hang around in the football game. At this point in time, you got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both pretty banged up. Uh, there's a pretty good chance one of them will go uh, this week. They could certainly use them, um, but... You know, I mean, they need to bounce back after last week's loss. I don't care how you you shake it when you lose to a to a team that hasn't won a football game yet, and you're thinking you're a playoff caliber football team. Yeah, you got to handle your business, man. And they're gonna they're, this to me. This is a bounce back game for them. Uh, this Jaguars team uh, is just what they needed. Yeah, you know, but these Jags last week played pretty well. They had the fourteen nothing yeah. lead at halftime. And this was the game for me anyways. They said, oh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is figuring this thing out. He looked really strong back there. And there was one time when they were driving, like you could see his eyes in the huddle. And he had command of it. And those guys were listening to him. So they got to get rid of those turnovers, though, dude. They're minus eight right now. And uh, Urban Meyer's finding out the hard way when he's not busy freaking on local hussies at the sports bar that the (laughs) NFL is pretty damn tough. So... He's running out of cred up there. Only 18 points a game, but the turnovers is a big part of that. But I really liked what I saw to Lawrence last week. And uh, if he is putting it together. James Robinson's doing a real nice job, just under five yards of carry. So if they clean up those turnovers, they're going to be in a lot of games moving forward. Um, but it's a bad time to catch a surly Titans team, that's for sure. <laughs> I just can't. I just am sitting here thinking of, of, uh, those eyes in the huddle, Casey, the long flowing hair. Lawrence. You know, the problem when he's got that helmet on, he can't do the hand through the hair thing, but <laughs> I'm putting over under on like seven and a half from the sideline. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Up next, the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings at home favored by seven and a half in this one, Casey. Yeah. Detroit uh, came in to uh, bite kneecaps and lose football games. And they were all out of kneecaps last week, dude. <laughs> oh. oh my God. That was brutal. Um, finding new ways to um, lose games. I know we knew about the, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, but uh, 
uh, Jared Goff last week with the dick pick for, you know, lack of a, a better term, bounced <laughs> right off his junk into the hands of a bear defender. If you didn't see it, Yikes. it's pretty comical, but uh, not a lot going right for these Lions. They've played well uh, at times, but just not when the money's on the table. So um, this is obviously a team in transition. There's a little bit of talent there. DeAndre Swift hasn't been great this year, but Jamal Williams has been pretty impressive. TJ Hawkinson is a bright spot here, and they are going to win some games. Will it be this week? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, Casey. You know, you look at this Vikings team sitting at one and three, and they, I mean, you know, we say this kind of stuff all the time. Our our, our nug and all these things that as we were moving into this section, how close these games really are. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings kind of came up short on some really close games. They could easily be three and one, but we, you know, you look at Kirk Cousins, and he kind of gets like. I don't know, just never never gets the love I think he kind of deserves. When you look at these numbers, I mean, he's got 1,121 yards, nine TDs, just one pick, a 105.6 rating on the season. He's playing exceptionally well. And they lost Dalvin Cook, who is arguably their best player, right? So, um, it, you know, it, it's not an easy task. And again, they, they, they're sitting at one and three. It's kind of it's frustrating to be a, a Vikings fan, I'm sure. But Dalvin Cook hasn't practiced all week. He thinks he's going to be playing. He's he's aiming towards playing. So that's a good thing. But Madison, uh, the backup running back, did play well in his absence. Um, you know, they've got some talent on this team. Obviously, Thielen and Jefferson at the wideouts can really get it done. Jefferson coming off a nice game with a with a touchdown uh, last week. Um, you know, this seems like just what the Vikings needed to uh, if they go out there and and just do what they're supposed to do. Uh, they're a better football team. They should get this W. All right, up next, Dave, we got the Denver Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Steelers are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting litmus test for this Broncos squad, Casey. Um, as we look at them, they were 3-0, and but that was against, the, the at that time, teams that were a combined 0-9. Uh, last week, they got pretty much handed to them by the Baltimore Ravens 23-7 to drop their first game. In that situation, Teddy B, who's been the steadying factor for this um, offensive squad, uh, had, had got knocked out of the game, which is a bummer. Um, and he's in the concussion protocol. Don't know if he's going to go. Good news is, is though that Drew Bro- Drew, uh, Drew Locke, who was their starter last year for a good chunk of the season, came in and played okay, not too bad, and. He's been pl- practicing. Nothing like playing okay, Dave. Dude, okay, I'm going to give him that. He wasn't. It, was, it wasn't dance worthy. It wasn't discotheque worthy just yet. But he did practice all week with the ones. They've got a nice one-two punch with Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams, running the football. Uh, they're both guys running pretty well. And Court and uh, they've got a ton of talent at receiver. They've been banged up um, for sure in in the receiver position. But um, Vic Fangio puts together a real, real good defensive squad out there, uh, obviously led by uh, Von Miller. So uh, look for this Broncos team. Again, a very interesting test because both of these teams, um, you know, we kind of think of the Broncos are three and one. The Steelers are one and three. And how good are these teams? We just don't know. It's going to be interesting going to for this Broncos team going to Pittsburgh against that 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 you know team that needs a win and in in Steelerland can they put it together? Yeah, Pop Pop got angry at the Ravens last week for getting that three yards on the last game uh, play of the game. It's like you know what you don't like it, stop it. It's not like they were trying to score; they were getting their yards. So, um, you know, I take get off my lawn, that, Casey. Yeah. Harp. I know. Can you believe that? Records. How about his record at preseason, Casey? That yeah. guy. I missed Matlock to watch them finish that run. But anyways, <laughs> they were spinning out of control here. Let's talk about these Steelers, man. And I don't know that Mike Tomlin has been one in three since he's been in the league. Not a lot going right for these guys. That offensive line rebuild is still a rebuilding process, man. It is just not there yet. They're not able to run the ball very well. They're trying, but Najee. Dude, so much talent there, but only 3.4 a carry. They're starting to get him involved in the pass game, and that's helping a little bit. But it's so weird. This is year two of seeing a Steeler team just not really able to run the ball. And Big Ben, man, he's back there slow. He's a statue. It just looks like, to me, a rusty tin man, dude. He's just, like, Mm -hmm. having trouble getting it around. There are a lot of weapons there, but 
I don't know if this is the decline of it or not. There was all the speculation of Aaron Rodgers next season, but you know what? The Steelers mm. got to get through this season yeah. and getting a win on Sunday gets them to two and three, and then maybe they can scumbag their way into a wild card spot. But, uh, you know, that defense is still one of the best in the league. TJ Watts getting a little bit healthier. So we'll see what happens. The lot still be written in this, uh, the Steelers 2021 story. No question, Casey. Uh, very interested in that football game. Moving forward, uh, the Miami Dolphins at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big spread in this one as the Bucs are favored by 10 and a half. Yeah, dude, I'm really disappointed in that Dolphins lost to the Colts last week. I thought Jacoby would come in there and get that offense going a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. that was not the case, man. He was not that good, and they're not running the ball that well. This Dolphins team is definitely underachieving. I know that it was suppo- supposed to be Tua back there, but uh, Jacoby's you know, a serviceable backup. He should be able to win you a couple of games, and that's not been the case so far. So, um you know, maybe they get a, a an emotional letdown from the Bucks after that huge game last week. I don't see it, but uh, the Dolphins are going to ha- at least they get to stay in state. But it's going to be a, this is a tough get right game because it's tough to get right against the Bucks. They have the talent to do it, but it's just not been there yet. Yeah, I agree with you, Casey. This this Buccaneers team obviously coming off that um, emotional game as. Um, Tom Brady had headed back to New England to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And obviously, uh, you know, huge, huge game. They, they snuck out the win there uh, to get to three and one. But uh, Brady wasn't, you know, wasn't great, but it was enough to get him to the all time leading passer status at uh, uh, 80,560 yards. So that's awesome. Um, you know what, though? They they ran the ball pretty damn well with Le- Leonard Fournette um, scrimmage. Uh, season high, 138 scrimmage yards uh, last week. Ronald Jones got a touchdown as well. So that's a really nice tandem there when they get them both going. Obviously, they have good receivers. Like I said, Brady didn't have a, a blowout kind of game where he just lit it all up, but he spread the ball around well. Um, so, so seven catches for Mike Evans, seven catches for Antonio Brown, Godwin, a touchdown, uh, and, Levant, you know, I mean, that's that's a lot going on. Levante David on the other side, though, man, just a, a beast. And Devin White, Shaquille Barrett, just a really, really strong front. Unfortunately, that secondary just so banged up. They brought in Sherman last week. He was targeted, to say the least, uh, you know, torched a little bit, but held his own to to a degree. So and now, uh, obviously, I don't know what the challenge will be. The, the, the Dolphins do have a lot of talented uh, guys at the receiver position will Jacoby Brissett be able to take advantage of that uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers secondary that's not quite up to par. All right, Dave, we got the New Orleans Saints at the Washington FTs, and the Saints are point and a half favorites. And the Saints continue to be a Jekyll and Hyde team from week to mm-hmm. week. We don't know which team we're going to get. Last team, this uh, last week rather, uh, this team dropped the game to the previously winless oh. Giants in overtime. Um, just a, a shocking tr- turn of events there, really. But J- Jameis has been playing well. He was almost seventy-four percent last week. A touchdown, no pick for a one-nineteen rating. So he's doing his part. Obviously, Kamara, you know, 120 yards last week. You, you, when you think about it, what the hell happened? How did they th- they let this game go? But um, they did. And so now they get another NFC East opponent in, in the Redskins. We'll see if they can. This, they're on again, off again. <laughs> this, this would be an on game. So I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they were crying watching that 11-point fourth quarter lead just disappear yeah. and really yeah. let one get away. And Washington was kind of the other side of that. They were down by eight late to the uh, Falcons and came back to find a way to win that game. Taylor Heineke has been pretty good. I think uh, they might stick with him moving forward. But how about scary Terry McLaurin, dude, six for 123 and two TDs last week. This guy is a beast. And Curtis Samuel played last week. He didn't really have a big contribution, but as he's getting healthier, look for him to pick up some of that slack there. And McKissick, you know, we talked about Antonio Gibson um, really coming on the fantasy scene this year, but McKissick had the game winner 
on a sweet, sweet play last week, diving over the pylon to get that dub there. So, but the biggest disappointment from this uh, football team has obviously been this defense. There was so much talk about how they were going to dominate going yeah. into this season. Right. Four first rounders on the front line. Dave, they're giving up over 30 points a game. It's just not been there yet. Yeah. You know, so they got to figure a way to tighten that thing up. Both of these teams sitting at two and two and up being a conference game, a win is going to do wonders for both of these teams who are probably looking at trying to scumbag a wild card um, out of this, the playoff race too. But uh, both teams just need to pick it up and play a lot better. And that's not been the case so far consistently anyways. Yeah, that's true. All right, Casey, moving it on to the late games. Um, well, this one's a doozy in my opinion. Now, who knows? I'm a Charger fan here, but the Cleveland Browns playing some real good football. Uh, their only loss coming to the chefs and they're coming into Los Angeles to play the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Chargers at home are favored by a half a point. Wow. You know, the thing I think is most impressive about these Brownies so far, they've been pl- able to like morph into whatever they've needed to win games. Is it a high scoring? Do we need the offense? We can do that. Do we need to run the ball? We can do that. Does Baker need to pass? We can do that. Do we need to rely on our defense? We can do that too. They're giving up less than 17 points a game. And it was a little weird. Last week, Nick Chubb had 100 yards, but every time I looked at the game, it was Kareem Hunt that was slicing up the the defenses there. So um, they've got, that's probably the best one-two back combo in the league. And when that run game going it really opens up the play action for baker um the problem is baker and odell beckham not on the same page yet they don't have landry so they got to figure out a way to make that connection work and there was times when baker just flat out missed the throws last week and i don't know what the deal is but these guys have just not been able to make it gel if they do that's going to be a watch out and trouble for the rest of the league because i believe these Browns are ascending. You mentioned the loss to the chefs. It was because that donkey punter um, decided to try to run it on fourth and 20. And this defense, man, your guy, J.O.K. from Notre Dame, he mm-hmm. had seven tackles last week. Miles Garrett is just a sack beast. He's really doing it and like clowny mixing in there, too. So they've got all the pieces in place. But um, going to the SoFi, dude, this Chargers team is also an ascending squad. And they yep. find themselves in first place in the AFC West, they'd like to stay there. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've been here and we, yeah, we'd like to stay here more than one uh, short week, but obviously the chargers sitting at three and one coming off that big win on Monday night football in front of the crowds uh, at, at SoFi and in front of the nation on Monday night football. Um, wasn't the most spectacular show for Justin Herbert in terms of just lighting it up on the scoreboard, but he did have three touchdown passes to zero interceptions for a 107.6 passer rating. So a very consistent uh, and efficient football game for Justin Herbert. Um, you know, you mentioned, um, just to switch it over real quick, the, the, the running attack for the Browns, that's a serious problem for the Chargers. Uh, their defense had been worst in the league at stopping the run, but last week against the Raiders did a pretty strong, had a strong performance. It's good. It's a new defense uh, that Brandon Staley's installing for the Chargers. The guys are getting used to the scheme, uh, figuring out how to do the run fits. It's a sort of a coverage heavy type of scheme uh, where uh, DBs have to attack the line of scrimmage and get a stop. If the Browns are going to, uh, eat up the Chargers defense this this week. I think they'll do it on the ground uh, more likely than through the air. But back to the Chargers offense, Eckler, uh, and speaking of the ground game, because that was the best running performance from mm-hmm. the Chargers all season. We hadn't been able to run the football. And uh, Eckler coming off 145 scrimmage yards, and that was 117 rushing yards and uh, two touchdowns for Eckler too. So we were, were able to balance it out. Uh, the other running backs getting into the act as well. Uh, Keenan Allen, timely catches, and Jared Cook uh, and uh, Donald Parham, the tight ends, both with a touchdown pass last week. Cook with an enormous fourth down conversion after the Raiders had rallied uh, to kind of, you know, essentially put the game away there. On the defensive side, uh, you got Bosa, you've got Derwin James, but a lot of the other guys, Asante Samuel, the rookie in particular, a lot of the other guys really, really playing their best football in their careers. So we'll see if the Chargers can keep it going. This is a uh, this is uh, this is a real exciting game. Uh, no question, it's going to be a real challenge for both squads. 
Dave, what was your favorite Raider fan, drunken Raider fan, thinking that they were going to win that game, or drunken Raider fan realizing that they had lost the game? Right after the right after the Derwin James interception, my favorite Raider fan was the thousands leaving the stadium at that moment in time, down by fourteen. Where's a lightning were... storm when you need it, right? <laughs> or maybe it was the the crazy Raider chick that attacked a charger chick and pulled there was a, a whole hair pulling thing going on uh, right in our section casey oh, but wow. world uh, star <laughs> world star right, let's Dave. move but i digress let's yeah. move on casey speaking of those raiders we got the chicago bears at the las vegas raiders and the raiders are five and a half point favorites at the death room bar Oof, I'd like to say this is just what the Raiders needed, but I'm hoping that the Bears can give them some uh, some fight here. Uh, Justin Fields has got to start, and not only just the start this week, he's got the go ahead and the green light for the so the the vote of confidence, which I think is particularly important. Um, for him right now. He has not played particularly well, especially passing the ball. He's great. He's got great legs. And once he doesn't see what he does, once the play doesn't work, he can take off and he can still make something of it. And that's awesome. Uh, but he's under 50% passing on the season, zero touchdowns and two picks. So it's a 53.9 rating. So arguably awful, but again, it is a work in progress. So, um, Unfortunately, Montgomery, as we mentioned earlier, not going to be likely to go with that hyperextended knee. It'll be Damian Williams. He played well, though, and he has been playing well as sort of a nice one-two punch. He's going to have to be the go-to guy this week, though, and we'll see how he can handle with more touches. Um, Allen Robinson, uh, you know, decent last week, but it's hard for these receivers to really get involved if um, the quarterback can't get him the ball. Um, on the defensive side, plenty of talent there. Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, and they're going to have their hands full with a very, very um, explosive Raiders offense, man. Oh, yeah, there wasn't. I guess there was anti-explosions on Monday night. Chargers held that highly effective. The number one offense in the NFL, and the Raiders did just 14 points. Um I was very impressed we hadn't seen that yet, and they'd been pretty prolific. Um, they did get Josh Jacobs back for that week four uh, loss to your Chargers, and he played pretty well. But Peyton Barber has been the leading rusher, and he's probably not going to play. He's got a little turf to a little Sergeant Hulka there going. <laughs> so um, that's going to be pretty difficult um, for these Raiders to navigate. But they just got to get back on, you know. Uh, it's hard to say where they are because they've showed that fight coming back from a couple of 14-point deficits to win in overtime. But, Dave, when you use all that luck up in September, you don't have any for January. <laughs> so they got to figure out ways to get on top and start playing good football at the beginning of these games, kind of like they did against the Steelers. Darren Waller, I just thought that they didn't look for this guy enough against the Chargers, unless you guys had some bracket coverage on him. I know uh, Derwin was on him and got that interception late, but get him involved, who I do like coming up a lot as Hunter Renfro. He's really starting to be part yeah. of that offense, and uh, he's got those sick little jerk routes that he does, and they're just tough to cover. And he made the great play on Monday night when he came up and popped your guy on the fake punt. That was such a heads-up play. And yeah. just love football players. Brilliant. Like Hunter Renfro, he does everything well. Exactly. Um, you know, some uh, Max Crosby's gotten sober, and his play has reflected that. Man, you love when a guy gets his crap together off the field, and it translates to better play on the field. So, so many former Chargers on this Raider squad, especially True. Denzel Perryman. He was great on Monday night. Um, they're getting after the quarterback. They're doing a lot of things well. They just got to start faster. And uh, this is a game that the Raiders really need to win, especially being at home. Um, so we'll see what happens on Sunday. Get See if they can get over that disappointing loss to the Chachas. All right, up next is the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals at home, favored by five and a half. And we mentioned Jimmy G, dude. He had the calf uh, injury. Not sure what his status is going to be in this thing. So um, it might be a Trey game. Trent Williams he looks like he might be back for this, too. The good news is there. Neither of those guys are going to be out for an extended period of time. But, uh, you know, these 49ers, they're running low on uh, running backs, and that's a bad deal because they like to run the ball. Trey Sermon had a much better game last week than he had two weeks ago. So maybe he's going to be able to step in and be the full-time guy there, regardless of the injuries. 
George Kittle's not been up there like we've seen in the last couple of seasons, too. They got to work on that connection. And if Trey Lance does go, it'd be smart to get the ball um, to Kittle there. But Debo Samuel, dude, eight for 156 last week. He has been a monster so far, dude. He's, he's getting a ton of targets, and he's making uh, he's making money with those. Um, Ayuk's not made that jump this year like we, we saw at the end of last season. So lots of pieces here. It's not too late for these Niners, but, boy, man, it's such a competitive division. Two and two might be good enough in other places, but the way the teams are playing in the West, that's not going to get it done, and it's not going to be easy going into Arizona to try to beat these uh, – undefeated Cardinals bro yeah I mean how how long can the Cardinals the only undefeated team left keep it going but right now the offense is absolutely tearing it up averaging 440 plus yards and 35 points a game wow uh they opened the season 4-0 as I mentioned but this is the key man 30 points plus per game 400 or more <laughs> yards of offense in each of those four games only three teams have done that in history and it was the 13 Broncos, the 7 Patriots, and the 02 Raiders. All of those teams made it to the Super Bowl, dude. So small sample size, four games. Let's, you know, let's not get too crazy here. But this team, uh, they're showing flashes like, hey, they're legit and they're to be reckoned with. You know, they were awesome last year before uh, Murray kind of got banged up yeah. towards the end of the year. And they really kind of lost their mojo and, and just tailed uh, down uh, into it after the Hale Murray they just sort of tanked the rest of the season, but uh, Murray is not tanking right now, dude. He's got a 115 mm-hmm. passer rating, nine touchdowns to just four interceptions, uh, 1,273 yards on the season passing. And, you know, they're getting the game going on the ground, too. Chase Edmonds, dude, who was kind of just a role player last week, only came in as a full-time guy uh due to injury and stuff, but 139 scrimmage wow. yards last week. Um, they're just lighting it up every which way. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, uh, has got the defense's full attention uh, every week. Uh, so he's only got 17 catches on the season. Uh, <coughs> but nonetheless, uh, a phenomenal uh, offensive uh, group there. And A.J. Green um, also getting it done with a touchdown last week. He's been a nice replacement to, to Larry Fitzgerald there for the old guy that can still play right and i think he's got a lot left in the tank uh, aj green so uh we'll see how much uh they can keep it going but this team is smoking right now on defense they don't have to do a hell of a lot when the offense is working like that but they got guys that are getting it done chandler chandler jones man i mean he is a sack machine and you've got jj watt on the on that side of the ball too as well as buda baker so um there's plenty of talent on this Cardinals squad to get it done, dude. All right. Up next, NFC East, the New York football giants and my Dallas Cowboys. And the boys are seven and a half point favorites at Jarrow World. All right. Giants come in at one and three, Cowboys uh, three and one. But throw the records out. This is divisional. And this is always a good game when when this NF- these NFC East teams get together. Whether division is awesome, like it was uh, a while ago, or maybe not as awesome as it has been the last couple of years, this is always going to be a good battle. And I'll tell you what, with the Giants coming off the game they had last week, okay, so they got the win in overtime. So they're feeling pretty good about themselves. They're feeling like, hey, we can win with this squad in the NFL. Daniel Jones, 402 passing yards, a career high, two touchdowns last week with a 108.5 rating. So he had a sweet game, basically. And Saquon Barkley, who obviously, you know, the tragic injury, the it was a significant injury, and it's been a while now, and it, it just seemed like he hadn't found his rhythm. He found it last week with 126 scrimmage yards, and we'll see if he can keep that going because that can be a huge, huge benefit for this uh, for this young quarterback and, and for this Giants team overall. It keeps your offense on the field, grinding clock, and keeping that Cowboys uh, prolific offense off the field, right? Kenny Galladay, 115 yards last week. Uh, you know, they've been banged up a little bit with some of those other receivers, but um, – some weapons here, and again, if if Barkley can can keep it going against this Cowboys defense, which has been playing good football, um, then they'll they'll give themselves a chance in this football game. 
Yeah, dude, the Giants could really be sitting at three and one too. So can't take anything for granted. And plus, when everybody yep. starts talking about Super Bowls and that crap in Week Four, it starts freaking me out. So hopefully, uh, Dak and the boys aren't eating that cheese, if you will. But you mentioned the <laughs> offense coming in at four hundred and twenty yards a game. Hey, Ooh. and Dak is just lights out. One sixteen point nine passer rating. Got one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL, and that offensive line is looking so much better than the depleted piece of crap that it was last year. So it's no wonder that Zeke is at 5.3 a carry. He committed to getting his body right in the offseason, and it showed up uh, so far this um, season, coming in with 143 against what had been the number one rushing defense in the league against the Panthers last week. And that's that's the one-two punch with him and Pollard. Pollard's becoming more of a weapon last year. And the year before, we'd see Pollard on the field, and he wouldn't get the ball. When he's on there, they're getting the the ball in his hands a lot, and it's really paying dividends. The receiving core, you know all about them. Amari Cooper, one of the best route runners um, in the league. Not a lot to be had out of there. Only 14 completions last week from Dak, but four touchdowns. So CD didn't get to eat a lot. Look for him to try to get more involved in the uh, offense this week if they have to pass. But if you can run that well, why throw the ball? But, Dave, let's go <laughs> over to this defense. Still a ton of pieces missing from this thing. No Tank Lawrence. A lot of the uh, Gallimore is out right now. A lot of tackles. Tristan Hill is out. Getting Keanu Neal back. And I think that might be the reason that we saw Jalen Smith go between him and Jabril Cox and Gifford. They should have plenty of depth there. Vander Esch has been playing really well. I think they would like to keep him if they can get the right deal moving forward with him. But it's all about Micah Parsons leading this team with two and a half sacks. You can put him everywhere. He is the Terminator. He can play linebacker. He can play end. This guy is just like a a piece of clay that is getting molded into one of the most dominant defensive players in the league. And don't try my guy, Trayvon Diggs, dude. He had two interceptions last week. That's five on the season, Um, fourth player since 1990 with an interception in each of the team's first four games. Randy Gregory, dude, it looks like this guy's finally put it all together. They've relaxed on the weed. This guy, when you hear him talk, he just seems at peace, and he's really loving what he's doing, and it's so good to see him playing well. But, Dave, these Cowboys, plus seven in the turnover ratio was such – a sieve last year with all, you know the offense turning it over and just not being able to stop the run. Not out of the woods yet. There's still a lot of work to be done, but these guys are swarming the ball and they're making plays, so hopefully they can keep trending in that direction. And Dave, like I said, hopefully they're not listening to all the press clippings because that's when you get yourself into trouble. They're playing great football right now, but it's not going to mean squat if they don't keep it up. All right, moving on to Sunday night football, dude, where the Buffalo Bills are going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Chiefs are at home, favored by two and a half in this one, man. It's hard to say that there's not major Super Bowl implications in this thing, though. But, Dave, this is the ninth time in 10 seasons that the teams have played in the AFC uh, Championship or meeting the following year. In the previous eight, the winner of the rematch has gone on to the Super Bowl five times, Dave. Winning it four times. Wow. And Casey, the loser, oh, that loser, that one team that lost, they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> All so, right. Hey, so, only mackerel. Forget about it, rest of the AFC. Yeah, this okay. Is... So it's done, dude. <laughs> Let's talk about these Bills. You know, yeah. really, they've played one half of crappy football, and it cost them that win against Pittsburgh. Other than that, it's been lights out, man. And um, I'm going to start with the defense, bro, because that's two shutouts in the season so far, joining the 2000 Ravens and the 91 um, football teams when they had a different name. Uh, So we didn't expect to see the defense be that good. We did expect the offense to be good, but we didn't think they would be scoring 35 points in three consecutive games. Everybody was quick to poo-poo Josh Allen after the sketchy week one. He's back in MVP form. He's doing it all. Him and Diggs are just uh, moshing all over everybody. And it's been a nice one-two punch with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary um, combining to be one super ultra back. But, Dave, there's going to be a lot on this defense Mm -hmm. coming up Sunday because uh, 
these uh, Chiefs are pretty good, and this is going to be in KC. So, holy smokes, dude, what a game. I'm fired up for this one, brother. Yeah, it's one thing if your Buffalo Bills defense can smoke the uh, Tua-less Dolphins and then a Houston team with a rookie quarterback uh, that we knew was going to have a hard season. But (laughs) this is an entirely different animal with these Chiefs, Um, especially sitting at 2-2 and in last place in the AFC West where (laughs) – <laughs> There's no way they expected to be there, but Patrick Mahomes uh, getting it right last week with five TD passes, um, just lighting it up there. Uh, three of those TDs uh, went to Tyreek Hill, uh, 186 yards for Hill, just lighting it up. Uh, Travis Kelsey, obviously an unstoppable force at tight end. Uh, the, the the Bills defense is, is, yeah, they're dealing with a lot, lot more uh, this week than they were. And that Kansas City, you cannot emphasize enough, even though home field advantage, as we mentioned earlier in the show, hasn't been there this year. <laughs> Tell that to the Chiefs, uh, a sea of red, because <laughs> right. they're going to be loud and red. OK, and uh, it is going to be a tough, tough environment there in Kansas City. Uh, but this I, I'm I'm looking forward to this game. This is going to be a real, real good show. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Also, also coming off a hundred yard performance with a touchdown uh, last week. So uh, this this Chiefs offense, you know, obviously they kind of sputter here and there, but when they put it together, man, they're just literally unstoppable. Explosive play here and there, boom, touchdown. So this looks like uh, you mentioned the Buffalo Bills defense, but this looks like a shootout to me, and it looks like a, whoever has the ball last might win this football game. And I, if I were the Bills, I would not let uh, Kansas City have the ball last. Yeah, that's a pretty good strategy there, Dave. Yep. <laughs> Don't let the Chiefs have the ball last. I like it. <laughs> You're lose. All right. We got Monday night football, the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. This is former Colts, former Ravens, former Browns, all of it mixed up here. But the uh, current Ravens are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, and you look at this Colts team, they had a really tough schedule and some tough situations with the two sprained ankles with the quarterback, and uh, uh, T.Y. hasn't played for him this year yet. Um, It it was, you know, Wentz didn't get a lot of practice in preseason uh, due to injury and stuff, and and their record shows it at one and three. Uh, But, you know, the Ravens have kind of caught some breaks in there to get to their three-and-one. Obviously, they could have actually probably should have lost to the Lions. But nonetheless, this is going to be a big game because uh, the Colts, you know, they didn't expect to go one and four. If they drop this game, that's where they'll be sitting. And uh, that is a, you know, this is a kind of a desperate squad here at this point in time. But, you know, last week, Wentz did play pretty well. 75% on 24 of 32 uh, for 228 and two touchdowns, no picks. That's a 115 rating. So that's a strong game. And Jonathan Taylor really got his rhythm going running the football season high, 103 yards and his first touchdown last week. They may be finding that rhythm uh, offensively speaking. And, um, you know, they have Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, uh, at, at the receiving position now, on the defensive side, they're loaded with talent, but they're going to have to obviously contend with the Baltimore Ravens, the best rushing team in football, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, uh, you know, on those two levels, the tight, uh, the linebacker and defensive tackle, uh, they got to play stout, uh, in the front and force Lamar to beat them through the air. Yeah, dude. And you mentioned that run game though. Um, it's looking pretty sweet. I know pop pop got, a little uh, disgruntled with that, but the Ravens have now rushed for a hundred yards in 43 consecutive games. That's why it was so important to them. So I get why Fangio, eh, whatever, go to bed Gramps. But that does tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers for 43 consecutive games. That was in the seventies though. So, you know, Harbaugh, if the game is out of hand and they're a yard or two down, they're going to run it. So don't look for them to take a knee, but, they want to get that and beat that Steelers record because um, they hate everything that is the Steelers. But, dude, you got to watch out for Lamar Jackson and four career starts on Monday Night Football. 664 pass yards, eight touchdowns, no picks, pass wow. rating 111.9. And in those four starts, he's also rushed for 388 yards and two touchdowns. So um, Lamar likes it when the, the lights 
are bright. And how about my guy, Hollywood Brown, really bouncing back. Had a couple drops the previous week, made up for it last week with that sick diving touchdown um, catch that he made. And him and uh, Lamar Jackson are really picking it up and uh, getting that rhythm between them two. Yeah. Um, so then and at some point they're going to get Bateman and Boykins back. I know they practiced last week. I'm not sure how much or if they played at all last week, but I expect to see those guys sooner than later. You know, we've been uh, grown accustomed to see this Ravens defense be uh, tops in the league. That's not been the case this year, man. There's a lot of rebuilding going on there. Some injuries have um, really hurt them so far, but this is yeah. a team that's going to be in the mix. They can't mess around and give these Colts life. So um, look for a heavy dose of running. And if Lamar keeps up with his Monday night shenanigans, um, it's going to be a win too. for the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. Go Colts. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an awesome week of football. We're super stoked for it. And want to let you guys know there are a plethora of ways to check out the football dudes. Right now, you're listening to the Trend Zone. That's the goodness in your ears. And it's available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And once you subscribe, go ahead and like us and review us. We appreciate all the love. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe on our YouTube channel, too. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us on all social media platforms. All right. And if you need even more football goodness, just go to footballdudes.com. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy week five, people. We're out of here. Thank you.